Welcome to the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Hudock, where we have fun talking about the phenomenal and the fascinating. From angels to energy healing, from mystical places to mystical teachings, this is a place where we nerd out on the science of the soul. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And I thought I would do something a little bit different this week and just talk to you about something that is really on my mind. And I've been seeing in my private practice, working with people from all over the world that are all dealing with a similar theme that you could probably relate to as a human being. And I thought also it'd be nice to just take some time to present to you some ideas, some teachings, maybe even a meditation once in a while that you can go back to and listen to anytime you're experiencing whatever it is, the theme is that we're talking about. And um, just let it serve you as much as it can, whenever it can, and share it with people that could use it. That's the purpose of this podcast. That's the purpose of sharing this information with you and anyone that listens. It's to really serve humanity. And what does that mean? It really means so that we can heal as a collective, as, so that we can heal individually. And what is healing but a process of raising our frequency and dissolving all those limitations and limiting beliefs that we really have held up until now about ourselves, about the world, about the current state of affairs, about you name it, the list is infinite. So let's get into it. Today, I wanted to talk to you about fear. We really are experiencing a tremendous amount of fear. Fear when we turn on the television, fear when we go into conversations about what's going on on the planet, fear in our bodies, in our nervous systems. And it's not all the time and it's not everyone, but we're all having to digest it in our own individual way through our own individual nervous system and feedback mechanism. So I wanted to offer some things based in really ancient principles of yoga, of energy science, of energy medicine, of meridian therapy that could be tools that could help you to dissolve your fear because we cannot underestimate the power of fear. Fear can create all kinds of blockages in our life. Physically, yes, physically. When there's fear, we constrict our system, our energy body, and energy comes first in the terms of manifestation or creation. And the last place that blockage energetically will show up is the physical body in matter. So fear can create all kinds of problems over time with the physical body. It can, of course, affect us emotionally and mentally, and it can separate us from our sovereign nature, which is that we are spiritual beings first, then humans, right? We are spiritual beings having a human experience. So it takes us out of that authentic power where we are the light, 
where we work with the light, where we are being that light and where we can from that place or that vantage point or that elevated state of being in alignment and connected with the higher self, that light, that sovereign nature, we can use that to heal ourselves instantaneously. We can shift gears instantaneously. We can transform instantaneously. We can do all kinds and create all kinds of miracles. Yes. And we can live heaven on earth embodied. We don't have to wait to leave this body to experience the extraordinary opportunities of joy, fulfillment, loving, caring, sharing, all those attributes that are available to us if we just dissolve the things that block us from that being made present in our lives. So I've said a lot there, but let's get into how we dissolve fear. And it brings me to a yogic teaching, and it brings me to a very sort of stirring question, which is, what are we refining? What are we refining? When, when we want to dissolve fear, we have to refine something within our being so that the fear no longer, if you will, sticks to us or affects us or has power over us. And who gives it power? We give it power. So what we're really refining is our inner world or our inner condition or our consciousness. That's the part of you that deals with physical world reality. So there's a wonderful tenet in spiritual psychology where we often will say life is first experienced inwardly and then it's experienced externally or outwardly. So whatever is going on inside you right now, that will determine your experience because the outer world is a direct mirror of your inner world reality or state. So what you perceive, when you perceive something that is bad based on a personal experience, you're going to feel bad about it. But here's the question, who is doing the perceiving? You are. And many of you have heard the wonderful um, Stephen Hawking, who will say that perception is edited observation. In yoga or Sanskrit, we would call this samskars. And samskars are really the impressions that are both psychological and otherwise that, that get established in our field and they form our thoughts, behaviors, they form our actions. And, and as yogis or yoga practitioners, we start to exercise what is called Chitta Vritta Narodaha. And those listening who are yogis, this is sort of yoga 101. And it's a fundamental tenet or teaching from Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. And Chitta Vritta Narodaha translated basically means yoga is the ability, right, to calm, direct, redirect, and restrain the mind fluctuations or the stuff, the busyness in the head. And as far as these 
uh, busy thoughts go or this busyness, or we might call it static or even mind viruses, which you've heard me talk about in other podcast episodes or fluctuations. These are the vrittis, fluctuations. And Patanjali talks about five, five really important fluctuations, which can potentially, not always, but all have the power, just like fear does, to potentially muddy our clarity of sight or the purity or clarity of the mind so that we can't see clearly, right? So one of my teachers, uh, John Roger, who's passed on, he talks about why we want to clear the consciousness. We want to clear these fluctuations that affect the consciousness. And he uses the analogy of a windshield. So imagine that you are the car and the windshield is your consciousness. And as you're driving on the road of life, you want to stay on the great or the best road that you can, right? So that you have a really good life. In other words, you don't want to go off-roading into all that bumpy territory where there's no clear road, there's no lights, and you're going to get beat up a little bit on this bumpy road and create a lot of drama that's unnecessary. So we want to clear the soot that accumulates on our windshield. And that's the soil. That's the fluctuations. That's the soot. That's the sediment in the lake of your mind. And we want that sediment to just dissolve and settle down at the bottom of the lake. So the lake's waters are crystal clear or the windshield of your consciousness is absolutely crystalline clear and you can stay on the best road possible. So Patanjali talks about these fluctuations and I just want to introduce them to you. And if you're familiar with them, maybe it's a little reintroduction and an opportunity for you to just ask yourself, maybe somewhere out of these five fluctuations or vrittis, I could use a little bit more attention or attunement or just give it some awareness so that, uh, you have clear cognition or sight. So the first one, since we're talking about sight, is pramana. And again, something that I talk about often because it's really the first vritti and it's really important because it means clear cognition and the ability to acquire the correct knowledge. And it's really like, how do we know what's true or valid in the world. Like, how do you know when you watch TV, if you're a TV watcher or a news watcher, how do you know that what you're watching on the news is true or it's just being funneled to you by the powers that be that own that radio or TV station and dictate what is going to be told when and the mouthpiece or the newscaster is going to just sort of blurt that out onto the airwaves. Now, I'm not going to say it's one way or the other. These are all things for you to consider. It's like, I want you to just think of some of the things I'm going to share with you. And maybe it will stir your mind enough so that you're, when you go to bed at night, and you're just kind of looking at your light or your ceiling fan. And you're just kind of looking at that. And this pops back in your head and you go, 
God, why do I believe everything I watch? Or why do I trust things that I really should look more deeply into and investigate and maybe look in places that aren't so familiar to myself or aren't so, um, so easy or so um, fed to me is really it fed to you because um, there's a narrative and then there's other narratives to consider, right? So, and I'm not saying which is right and which is wrong, but just again, this is sort of a, a open uh, canvas. This is a clean canvas for you to kind of paint what you want on it. Okay. So pramana is really about having clear cognition. And when we don't have clear cognition or when we give power to things that are not true or invoke fear, how do we find the truth when we're in a state of fear, when we don't have clear sight? We, we can't, right? So one of the things that can offer pramana is to find direct experience or a practical application of things. So it's kind of like, you don't know you're allergic to something until you eat it and you get a rash, right? Otherwise you'd be like, oh, I, why, I don't get allergic to that, you know, pie. That's, that's delicious. <laughs> but if you take a bite of this pie and then all of a sudden you start welting out or getting a rash, you know, you're going to have clear cognition or pramonic sight that, oh, this must be related to what I just put in my mouth and it's going through my bloodstream and my cells are reacting and I'm having this sort of histamine reaction. So our direct experience can very much influence our pramana or clear cognition. So maybe just ask yourself, how do I know what is true in my mind, what I consider to be true? How do I really know that's true? I mean, do you know it's true because other people tell you it's true? Do you know it's true because it's what you read in the news? Do you know it's true because you read it in a book? Or do you know it's true because you really did a deep dive and you did some deeper investigation of things or you had a direct experience? So you can't deny that experience as being truth. It's like if you see an angel. Everyone out there in the world could say angels don't exist. You can have all the scientists in the world say, people that say they see angels, just like people that have near-death experiences, they'll say, oh no, they're just having an experience in their brain. But wait a minute, what if you were brain dead? What if you were flatlined and it showed that you had no brain activity and you were caught between two rocks uh, underwater from being in a, in a canoe accident or a, a kayak, right? It's like, how do you explain this? Well, you can't, but you can explain it through your direct experience, right? So pramana. Pramana is the first um, consideration or vritti. So when we don't have pramana, it can feed the fear and throw us out of our sort of stable um, ground. The, the second vritti is called viparaya. And this really means misconception. And it's basically, we see what we want to see, 
based on our five senses and the perceptions we hold based on experience. And that's pretty much straightforward, right? It's like, again, perception is edited observation. So it's like, I'm going to see what I want to see. And that's it. So consideration, like, am I, is there a misconception in how I'm perceiving myself? Like if you go, God, I'm, I'm really not a talented person. Let's say you're trying to write a book and you have this misconception because other people have told you that you're, you're a bad writer or you've got one publisher who's turned you down. And then you see this letter and it says that, you know, sorry, we can't take you. This is not for us. And then you just decide that you're a bad writer. You create this misconception about yourself based on an experience and you hold that perception in your mind and you basically hold yourself in contempt of court. You hold yourself in a prison of misconception. So where are you right now holding yourself sort of against yourself and going, well, you know, I'm not pretty enough or I'm not handsome enough to find um, a mate, right? Or I, I've never made enough money, so I'll never be able to make enough money. Or, you know, back to the book. It's like, well, hold on a minute. How much power are you going to give to external forces? Let's start creating some practicable application. Get on a, a group dating app. Get on a speed dating experience. Get on, um, uh, you know, have your friends uh, find who's single and maybe set you up, right? Start creating practical application to dissolve the misconceptions in your mind that you're holding against yourself. I hope that's helpful. So the third fluctuation or vritti is called vikalpa, vikalpa, V-I-K-A-L-P-A, okay? And that, that really is translated to our imagination. And our imagination is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful thing that we have, because we can use our imagination to create all kinds of miracles in our life, or we can use our imagination and use it in the negative based on illusion or our shadow self. And we could completely dismantle all the good things going on in our life and create so much suffering for ourselves. So the imagination can clearly work for us or against us. And that's the power of our mind. The subconscious does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. And again, you've probably heard me talk about this a lot. I talk about this all the time when I'm counseling people, that the, the subconscious does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. So if we say we're a loser and we hold that thought in our minds and inside, guess what? We're going to produce it out there. Okay? So. Again, outer world reality is a reflection of inner, inner world state. So how we use our imagination is, um, it, it holds so much gravity 
in our lives. So just consider how you're using your imagination. And when you're going through your day, are you imagining the worst to come? Or are you imagining and feeling into all these possibilities of what life is waiting to produce and offer to you? All the dreams that you have in your heart, all those feelings of falling in love that your soul so wants you to experience that maybe you haven't experienced yet, or that child that you want to have, or that house that you want to have, or dropping everything, selling everything and, and living like, um, you know, um, on the road or, or going and living on an Island or, or starting anything fresh. It's like, how are you using your imagination? Are you using it to build bridges in your life? Or are you just letting those bridges just break down and fall into the ocean and you go into the river with it? Okay. So we got pramana, our clear cognition. We've got viparaya, which is our misconceptions. We've got our vikalpa, which is our imagination, how we use our imagination. There's another um, uh, fluctuation. And many of you listening may relate to this, who have issues with sleep. And that's called nidra. Nidra is the fourth vritti. So we all want peaceful, calm sleep. And it's not just about sleep. It's about deep, calm, and relaxation. Because when we're, we're really calm, we can come into a greater space, right, of neutrality. And from that neutrality, we can move into those positive feelings or soul attributes of feeling into the energy of fulfillment, feeling into loving connection, feeling into the embrace of the divine, feeling into prosperity and what it really feels like to be prosperous. Okay. So the first thing we have to do in our, our sort of nervous system is to not drum up any more maya. Maya is the illusion, right? Where we act on that perceived truth, that illusory truth, before really checking in to really see if that's accurate and true. So another word for nidra is actually deep emptiness, deep emptiness. And as Patanjali put it, we want deep sleep so that we can empty the heaviness so that nothing else is present. So we want that deep sleep so that we can have that emptiness, right? Where, where we just dissolve all that rubbish that blocks us from allowing the good stuff in, not the Maya, not the obstruction, not the garbage, but the jewels heaven, light, goodness, again, all those soul attributes, there are inheritance. So that's the fourth uh, vritti. And I'm just going to uh, finish this up with the fifth vritti. So you have it and can just consider this as you're again, staring at your ceiling fan as you go to bed tonight or your, your light or whatever you're doing. It's called simriti. So Simriti is really this teaching or this 
this idea, this principle that we are a sum total of all our memories and these memories form our impressions. So if there are negative memories, it will be fair to say that there is likely judgment held in the consciousness. So this vritta deals directly with the practice of dissolving judgment. Your truth, which is the living love through unconditional forgiveness, is this great salve that you can apply to any, any judgment that you hold. And when I work with people, I always give them work or um, homework or this, this, this practice of unconditional self-forgiveness. And I say self-forgiveness because that's where it really starts. It's like people that are happy, they don't block other people's happiness, right? Because they have no drive to do so because they're in a state of their internal loving. So they see the world from uh, through those eyes or through that state. So, you know, if you think, well, my parents were always late picking me up. So based on that memory, you decide they don't really care, or maybe you form a belief around that memory that you are not important, um, right? Or you're, you're, you are abandoned or neglected. And then you can start to create this curriculum even around that where you start to uh, draw to you experiences of being neglected, abandoned. So you can reinforce this limited belief or perception or held judgment that people don't really care about you. And then people just kind of shit on you, right? And then you go, oh, See, I told you they don't really care about me. I told you, Betty, I told you he was a bad guy or, you know, I told you, John, I told you she was a bad friend. But once we start to dissolve this vritta, this simriti of these memories that form these impressions, these particularly, of course, these negative memories, then our whole trajectory changes because again, we get back to that fundamental principle in spiritual psychology, that the outer world reality is a direct reflection. You've also, you've also heard me talk about, perhaps in some other episodes, my opinion of the law of attraction. And it's kind of a play on words, but you know, the law of attraction has a lot of um, great teachings within that. If you listen to my podcast with um, The Stream with David Strickle, he, he goes into that in great, beautiful, eloquent detail. But to me, I see the law of attraction like the law of radiation. And that's just the word I use that really clicks with me, and maybe it will with you. It's like, it's not that it's about attracting. It's more that I'm putting it on myself as a state of self-responsibility. Okay, where it's really it really starts with how I how Diane is radiating. Right. And you can think of it in most simple terms, like, am I even radiating right now light or am I contracting my light? And what is that creating out in my world? What am I drawing to me uh, in terms of the law of attraction? Right. But it's really about how we are internally, our internal state will 
be a direct um, sort of um, like we're the cell phone tower, right? And that will send out the signaling. And if we keep sending out that signaling of that radiating of gratitude, of I am safe, I am safe. I dissolve the fear by staying rooted in this, the truth that I am safe, that the God of my understanding has my back, that I know who I am, that I can stand in my, the power of my own sovereign being, that I have the power to take care of myself despite what the past may show. Today is a new day. Tomorrow is another day. The sun will keep rising and setting and the opportunities for me are infinite. Why? Because I am a spiritual being and hold on, let me back that up a bit. I am a conscious being. I am consciousness. And by definition, consciousness is never stayed or rooted, right? Nothing is permanent. And you, by definition, if you're a consciousness, you recognize that you are always in a state of expansion, you're always in a state of expansion. So the sky's the limit, but we have to get on that sin wave. We have to get on that thread, right? We have to get on that energy grid and we have to work it. So one of the first things we can do is we dissolve these judgments that block us from recognizing our, our magnificence, really. There's no two ways about it. So those are the five vrittis. And let's just take a moment to, if you're driving in your car, maybe you can push pause and come back to this later after you come home and maybe have a nice meal. Or if you have time right now, we'll just continue. And, and after everything I just shared, and I'll read these again, maybe tune in and, and see which one of these really kind of have a charge for you in your body. So right now, in terms of any fear that's present in your body, in your life, in your experience, and in, and in service to dissolving the fear of you moving forward in your life, of you standing and speaking your truth. That's a big one for a lot of people right now because we're being really pushed as a human collective, as souls here seeking to complete and to create many, many things to raise the frequency of this planet. We're being pushed. I'm being pushed into speaking my truth, right? And it's scary, but you wouldn't want it. Your soul wouldn't want it any other way. So as you're sitting right now and just noticing where there's a charge, I'm going to just read through these five vrittis really quickly again. Is there fear around um, any of this or a charge around any of these ideas around acquiring correct knowledge, around you having really clear pramonic sight, or do you feel like something's blocking your sight or someone? or some influence? Do you feel that you're holding a misconception about yourself or the world that's creating fear? Viparyaya. Are you misusing your imagination so that you can create more lack in your life 
and fear and doubt and worry. But it's the opposite of you being in your higher self. That's you really being in your basic self and your reactivity. Okay. Or is there an aspect of needing peaceful calm in your life? Or is your life just very noisy and stressful and without that sort of sense of deep emptiness, that space where you can fill that space with light, with something new, with something fresh, with something sustainable, something loving? Or is there a charge around this idea of memories, of negative memories specifically, where you are in this place of really holding on to negative judgments about yourself or others. And it's keeping you in the past, which is really keeping you in a depressed state. Being in the past is going to generate the the feelings of depression. Being in the future is going to generate feelings of anxiety. So we want to move and keep moving and returning and keep returning as best we can to these, this, this, this residence of the present. And just like it sounds, it is a present that keeps giving. It's a present if we can come into our presence. Okay. And in your body right now, just notice where the charge is. Is it in your heart? Is it in your stomach? Your belly? Do you feel pressure like a band is tightening around your head? And I'm going to ask you some questions working with what we call the five elements. So one of the um, things I work with is called touch for health. And it's actually, uh, they're touch for health metaphors. And we work with Chinese medicine and we work with the five elements in Chinese medicine, which are, of course, earth, metal, water, wood, and fire. Well, when we are in fear, the kidney meridian is for lack of a better term, it's blown, right? It's out, it's out of balance. It's not in balance. And there's either too much energy, right? Over energy or there's under energy. And the emotion that's related to the kidneys when the kidneys energetically, this is energetic medicine we're talking, not happy, is that we produce the emotion or it's related to the emotion of fear. So I'm going to read a couple questions to you in terms of really breaking up and dissolving this fear that could be present in your body. So with your eyes closed and just be in that relaxed state of receiving and just tune into your higher self. It's like the higher self is that unconditional you that just knows. It just knows it knows what it's what is for your highest good it knows exactly what's going on if we just take the time to listen and just notice what you notice okay you cannot get this wrong and most importantly perhaps don't let these questions 
create more fear. And if it does, just ask yourself, why, why am I letting my mind kind of run amok? Just come back to center, keep breathing, be in your loving, sovereign, rooted center, be in your heart, and just know that all is well. So in terms of the five elements and in terms of the water element, we're going to first ask a question around color. The color that's related to water is, of course, blue. So what does blue mean to you in your life or in relation to your current goals? And just notice what comes forward. Water can also be very mysterious, right? And with that metaphor of using water as our, our element here, you can ask yourself the question, is there too much mystery and fear in my life, in your life? Or do you need to accept mystery to fulfill your dreams? So the next question is around season. And the season that is related to water is winter. So are you active when you need to contemplate or plan? Or do you feel left out in the cold? And just notice what you notice. Do you feel active or are you active when you need to contemplate or plan things in your life? Or do you feel often left out in the cold? These questions are really helping to, again, just sort of dislodge these things that have been running in you and just consider, maybe I could look at this a different way. There's huge opportunities here in this uh, subtlety and profundity for many of us listening, where we can reframe. The next question is around climate. And the climate that's related to water is cold. So do you feel that you are numbed by a harsh environment? Or do you need to cool your passions? And again, as you're listening to these questions, if you perhaps need to cool your passions, just imagine that your passions are just being cooled with this beautiful water coming in. And you can imagine it specifically coming in through your feet. And you go, well, wait a minute, coming in through your feet. Well, the water element, the, the kidney meridian, there's two points, the balls of the feet, base of the, um, the big toe, uh, right there at the ball of the foot and the big toe and the, and the toe right next to it. Um, it's called the K1 point. It's a kidney meridian point. And I want you to just imagine right now that water is flowing up and into you like a fountain, right? Coming and rushing in through the waters, literally of mother earth and just washing away any of that heat that's in your body. 
to cool those sort of imbalanced emotions or even that harsh environment where water's not flowing because it's ice, it's been hardened so much. There's so much tension and tightness. And just feel that upward rising current. We also call this in biofield tuning your negative charge because the earth is this negative piezoelectric charge. And you're a battery. So the next question in terms of water and dissolving fear and balancing your kidney meridian is around odor and the the relation to odor or the the um, aspect is is the idea of uh, putrid odor so the question i have for you is what has died in your life and needs to be buried and again, you can think of this in terms of the vrittis. If you're holding on to old judgments or old things or old belief systems. Or another way to ask that is really what is corrupt or offensive or disgusting to you that causes this contraction in your body and it could potentially put you in fear. And again, you can use that image, use your imagination. Remember, use your imagination in the positive, an active working vritti, right? Vikalpa. And use that water to flush out that which is kind of stanky, right? The odor, the odorous emotions and thought forms that create sort of this moldiness in our field. It really can do that. After walking through over a thousand fields, I've seen it all. And I tell you, mind viruses uh, are one of the most um, powerful things that we can create that create, uh, that stifle us really, that block us and create all kinds of, of manifestations, perturbations, stagnations, dis-ease in the field and affect the body, of course. The next question is around taste. And the taste that is related to water is saltiness, just like being in the sea. So what needs to be preserved or needs some salt, right? Or must be taken with a grain of salt? I'll ask that again. What in your life really needs to be preserved that you're maybe not taking care of, that you're not nurturing? or need some salt, need some sustenance? And do you need mineral salts, even just on a physical level? Or what needs to be taken in your life with a grain of salt? Are you obsessing over the news? Are you obsessing over an idea? Are you obsessing over a situation or a person or a thing, right? Okay, so we're almost done here. And we'll just gotta, we got about five more of these to go. So the emotion, of course, is that's related to, to uh, the kidneys, to the water, is uh, what we've been talking about is fear. But also we can include anxiety in that. And we could even include in the positive, awe. When working in the positive will produce awe in our life. 
So it's an opportunity as we ask this question, what are your fears? Or are you too worrisome or too fearless? You could also ask yourself, could I shift these things that are creating fear in my life into more of like a like what a child would would do? They'd look at things from a place of awe because they've never seen this before or it's news to them or they can't believe what they're seeing. And it's just this curious state of play and awe. Okay. So the sound, sound is very important because sound can move and break up energy. And the sound that's related to the water element and dissolving this emotion of fear, you can make the sound of groaning, okay? So the question really is, what do you right now need to groan about? Or are you groaning or complaining too much? Because remember, we're talking about over-energy or or, um, under-energy. So maybe you need to just kind of groan a little bit, okay? Or maybe you're doing too much of that. Maybe you're complaining too much and it's an opportunity for you to pull back the reins and regroup and maybe look for some gratitude around the situation. And again, to, of course, dissolve the fear. Okay, so the next one is around uh, fortification or that which fortifies. And related to the water element, what fortifies in this category is the bones as it relates to the body. And the bones are like the, the core part of us. The bones are very important in sound healing and biofield tuning because they're these like crystalline structures, right? And when we're moving vibration or sound, we picture, we imagine that sound, that energy, that frequency, that tone coming into our bones and our bones lighting up, right? Even into the bone marrow. There are techniques and Qigong, where we do all kinds of things where we activate the, um, the, the stem cells from the bone marrow, okay, and move it energetically. So the bones, what, are, what do your bones tell you? And to take that further, you can really ask the question, are you rigid or are you flexible? Or here's another question as it relates to bones. Do you have any skeletons in the closet? Maybe there's something you need to get up and out and express. Or maybe there's judgment around skeletons in the closet. Maybe there's room for dissolving the judgment of whatever it is you're you're holding inside as a sort of uh, secret. The next one is around personal power. And the energy that we deal with around personal power as it relates to water is to emphasize, okay? It's the energy of emphasizing. So what aspect of your life needs emphasis? Or where is there perhaps too much emphasis? Or even what's neglected that could use more emphasis? And hopefully as these questions are moving through your consciousness, 
things are starting to kind of just the, 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 the tectonic plates of your consciousness, of your thoughts forms are just shifting. And you're feeling better, more aware, more calm, more in the driver's seat, right? And then the last question I have to ask around this element of water is around the idea of your faith or your worldview. And it relates uh, in terms of the kidney meridian water element to late maturity or even death or reintegration, the idea of reintegration. So here's a question. Is it time to let go of concern for personal success, personal failure, contradiction, or injustice, and simply concentrate on the greater good? Or do you need to be proactive in your own interests? And just notice what comes forward for you. Is it time to let go of concern of these ideas of personal success or failure or injustices or any sort of contradictions and really put that energy into focusing on the greater good. Or it might be that you need to be proactive in your own interests and you've been sort of bypassing that not really taking care of yourself and your soul's cry, your dreams, what's in your heart, your vision. It's all here for you. Okay. Well, I hope that was helpful. We went through the five ritis. We went through some really pivotal questions in terms of dissolving this idea of fear that a lot of people have been experiencing as of late on this planet, collectively and individually. And we talked a lot about just really the importance of what we're refining, right? We're refining the inner soil so that we can shift into a new way of being and experience a whole new life, really, not to be sound so profound and dramatic, but you really can. And that's transformation. When you change your energy, you change your life. Okay. And that's what transformation is. It's changing your energy. When you change your energy, you will change your life. So anytime you feel that you are going into fear, maybe go back to these questions around the water element and just Listen to what your inner knowing or your inner counselor or your higher self, your God self really wants to tell you about how you've been doing you up to this point. So just know, I'll leave you with this in terms of tools for change, right? Is that I'm going to leave you with a question. How's that? Ask yourself. Do you believe that you live your life by design or do you believe that you live your life by default? So if we're kind of listening to everything that's being told to us or we're just, you know, on TV all the time and watching the news or 
believing what everybody's telling us or we're not really taking the steps to go deeper and to stay grounded in our inner knowing and to do the spiritual work that keeps us in our sovereign being and our magnificence and our light and our strength and our hope and our connection and our loving and our in our expansiveness, right? In our awareness, then we're gonna we're gonna have a whole different experience of life. So, and you're you're gonna be living life by default than by design. And I really want to encourage you to live a life by design, okay? Because the truth is, no matter what your circumstances, if you can imagine something better for yourself, then guess what? You can create it, period. That's it. If you can imagine it, if you can imagine something better, even if it's just a little bit better, you can imagine it. If you say, I can't imagine my life being that much better. I'm so stuck. It's like, hold on a minute. Yes, you can. Don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Yes, you can. We're all the same, okay? And just imagine, imagine if it's like, oh, I can't imagine getting a raise or I can't imagine doing that business or I can't imagine asking for more money. Yes, you can. You can imagine it. And, and the more you imagine it, the more you will start creating that energy in your body to create the momentum for you to start to step out into the world and take action, okay? But you got to first refine the inner soil, okay? You got this? I love you all. And thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and put some love in the um, reviews if you feel moved to. That helps so much. And, you know, I don't, uh, I don't do this for myself. I do this for you guys. I do this for the planet. And I do this for humanity. So I hope what I bring to you what I hope I bring to you today and all the guests that have been on and will be on will help awaken you to live your life by design and keep refining your inner soil. You are loved. Have a great day and see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, check out more by subscribing on your favorite platform or go to spiritualgeekout.com.